This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Praise God. Well, we're starting a new series this month, The Power of God's Word. Amen? How many people realize that God's Word is powerful? Amen. So I want to talk to you about that today. So um, my goal this month is to get you to love the word more, get you to learn the word more and get you to live the word. Amen. Amen. And so if you can love God's word, I'm telling you, you have to love God's word. Amen. I mean, if you love God's word, you know what that says? You love God. Amen. Amen. So if you're not reading your Bible, you may may measure it out. How much do you love? Okay, we won't go there. This is, not, this is not a message on condemnation. We don't want to condemn you this morning. But I just want you to get excited about the Word of God. Yes. Amen. I want you to get excited about what God's Word can do. Amen. I want you to get excited about His Word. Because I think sometimes we can get so busy. We can listen to a message and we think that that's all we need is just to hear a message. And that's great. But we need to be getting in God's Word all the time. And that's what's going to change us. That's going to transform us. Let's look at John Uh, The the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And we're going to read 1 through 5. And uh, just follow with me if you can. They they might be putting it up here. Glory to God. I don't know how fast they are. Glory to God. John 1, 1 through 5. And, And it says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Amen. So we see here, it says here, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So you can, you can just say that, that your Bible really is God speaking to you. Prayer, a lot of times, is us speaking to God. But our Bible is God speaking to us. Amen? And so I don't know about you, but I want God speaking to us more and more. And, th- and notice it says here that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. I'm going to say this. The Bible says that God is light. And you know God's word is light. And it will help us to walk in. You know, this world is a dark place. I'm, I got to say, amen, sir. This world can be a very dark place. But thank God that the word is a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our path. It will show us where to go. It will direct us and where we need to go. I'm telling you, we're lost without the word of God. And we have to have that word in us every day. And, and, and darkness cannot comprehend it. In other words, the light of God's word, when we're in God's word, I'm telling you, we will be more triumphant than ever before. Do you believe that today? And then it says in John, it says in John 1, 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, Father full of grace. And truth, I am so glad that the word became Jesus or Jesus is the word and Jesus became flesh for us. So Jesus has always existed with the father. You know, God, he he is, um, you know, he's a mystery in a sense. It's one God, but three persons. 
God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, three in one. And, and, and so it, it's a mystery. Let us make man. Notice it says in the, in the scriptures, let us make man in our image. And in a sense, we're a three-part being too. We have, we're a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. Amen. Your spirit's brand new. Glory to God. If you have Jesus on the inside of you, glory to God, you have a brand new spirit. That means your spirit, man, loves the word of God. Now, your flesh may not love it too much at times. Your flesh may look at the, at the clock and say, how long is the pastor going to go? But your spirit, man, loves the word of God. And I'm telling you, the word of God will bring you peace. If anybody's dealing with any stress in the house today, you just need to get into the word of God and you will have peace that surpasses all understanding. It overcomes darkness. You believe that today? And I love this because Jesus is full of grace and truth. In other words, the word of God is full of grace and truth. Glory to God. Grace and truth. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus did when, that, when the lady was thrown in front of him the, that was caught in adultery, the very act of it. My question is, where was the man? Well, we won't go there. <laughs> we won't go there on that story. It was just the lady that was thrown in front of Jesus. Yeah, where was that guy at? But we won't go there. And I think she may have been framed. But that's just my thinking. But she was thrown there in front of him. And you know what? You know, uh, they wanted to stone her. And Jesus said, he that has no sin, cast the first stone. And it said from the oldest to the youngest, they dropped their stones and walked away. And Jesus was the only one standing over her. And Jesus said, does anyone condemn you? And she looked around. She said, no, Lord. And he says, I condemn you not. Go and sin no more. That's you know what Jesus was demonstrating. He was he was demonstrating his grace. When he forgave her because he was the only one that could have stolen her. And he, he gave truth, sin no more. Grace and truth. Is that awesome? And so we serve, a, we serve a God in his word. We should find grace in the gospels, in the word of God. And we should see truth. And that truth will transform us. Amen. Amen. I, I like what Jesus said in John six sixty three. Do you mind if I stand today? I just feel like standing. Glory to God. I think this seat might be for old men. But anyway, I won't go there. Hallelujah. John 6, 63. It says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. You know, when the translators are translating this uh, from, from Greek to English, th- th- that word spirit is pneuma. And that really means the breath of God. And God breathes his, his breath and life into the word of God. So th- I'm going to say this. This book is not just a history book, book and, but it does have some history in it. And this book is not just, you know, just an information book and it has information, but it's a living book. It's alive. Do you believe that today? And, and Jesus said, my, uh, it is the spirit who gives life. And he said, my words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. 
So when you get into the word of God, you're going to receive spirit life. Amen. You should be receiving it today. And so God's word has a power. I'm going to say that within itself to accomplish everything he says in his word. Within his word, he has put power within his own word to accomplish what he wants it to accomplish. Do you believe that today? Amen. Amen. God's, somebody say God's word is powerful. Amen. In Hebrews 4.12, and this, this is in Hebrews, um, it says here, for the word of God is living. Somebody say living. living. Powerful. Powerful. Glory to God. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents. Of the heart. So what would the word of God do? The word of God will do surgery on us. We need to allow the word of God whenever we're in the service and God's speaking. You know, you know, we got to be very careful. The Bible says hear and be healed. It actually says that in one in one place is hear and be healed. The people that listened to Jesus, when they heard his words, they could be healed under the word of God. When you're sitting here today and just hearing me minister the word of God can set you free of depression, oppression, can set you free of anything that you're dealing You believe that today? I was in a service one day and I was, I was dealing, you may remember this story, but I was a young Christian, brand new. I was dealing with some fear. And I was just sitting in the service and, and the, the, the minister, uh, the pastor's wife was preaching and she wasn't preaching on, on fear, on how to overcome fear. But I was dealing with some fear and that fear left me while I was listening to the word of God. Are you listening to me? The, 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 the word of God will dispel any darkness in our life. And it's, it's, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So it will, it will divide soul and spirit, marrow and bone. It will judge our very intentions. Amen? So I'm going to give you some Bible keys on how to make the Bible come to life. How many people want to make the Bible? The Bible is already living. But how do we make the Bible come to life? Because you ever read the word and you just kind of fall asleep? That it's kind of drudgery, especially if, it, if you're in Leviticus or in the Old Testament. Some of it, you know, the begats and the begots can be pretty tough. So, so a key that, that, that causes the word of God to come alive in our life. You ready for this? Yes. It's faith. Faith is the key. Oh, boy, it gets quiet here. <laughs> faith is the key that activates the word of God that makes it come alive in our lives. You believe that today? You know, it, it's faith that makes it come to life. And so you have to have faith in Hebrews 4.2. It says, for indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Hebrews 4.2. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So, so this here is a scripture that's talking about the Israelites. And the Israelites were in the wilderness and, uh, you know, they were, you know, God was trying to get them into the promised land. And really, God was trying to get them into the promised land a lot quicker than how long it took them over 40 years. It took them 40 years to get there. But God wanted them in the promised land within a year of them coming out of Egypt. Did you know it was God's plan to get them into the promised land and not have them wait so long? 
And, but the Bible said that the, the, that the first generation of the Israelites, you know, they grew up under bondage. They were under Egyptian bondage. And I, I think that bondage got into them. And then they started complaining about where they were at. They weren't thankful. They weren't thankful for, you know, they had, they had a cloud that, that followed them during the day that kept them, not, you know, it was not as hot. And then they had a fire by night that traveled with them that, that kept them, you know, warm at night so it wouldn't be too cold. They had manna dropping down from heaven and they were complaining. And they were complaining. They had, they had the best health food known to man. They, they had heavenly bread. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? The bet, I wish we had that today, man. I'd be a millionaire. I'd be selling that stuff. Hey, man, you wouldn't have to eat regular food. You'd be eating that. But, of course, they complained. They griped. They focused on the circumstances. And the Bible says that they couldn't get over the hump because they didn't mix faith with the word of God. You have to mix faith with his word. You've got to believe it. You got to believe it. I believe this Bible from cover to cover. I even believe the maps back here. Glory to God. I believe the word of God. You have to believe you have to mix faith with the word of God. And that's what's going to cause the word of God to come to life. Amen. Now, now what activates faith in our life? What is the key that activates faith? Revelation. Revelation activates faith in our life. Lives. Amen. So so revelation, it, it's it, it means when the truth of God's word becomes real to us. You know, there's two words for the for the for the Bible word. Amen. Two words for word in the Bible. One word, it's it, this is Greek. It's logos. And logos means the written word of God. Logos. Uh, John Wesley said said it this way. And John Wesley, I like quoting him because he was a. You know, he, he raised up all the Methodist churches all around. He was a revivalist in England. He did great things for God. Amen. I mean, just a powerful, mighty man of God. And he said, it seems like that there's not a real faith in some churches. In other words, he, he says it's kind of like a fake faith. And what he calls it, he calls it a mental assent. In other words, we're just mentally assenting to the fact that the word is true, but we don't really believe it in our hearts. Am I talking to anybody today? We, we, oh, yeah, I believe it, man. I believe the word. Yeah, but are you a doer of the word? Are you acting on the word? Because by the degree you believe is by the degree you act that the word is true. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so John Wesley said it's like it's not a real faith in some churches. It's a mental assent to the fact that the word is true. And we don't want to we want to have heart faith. Heart faith gets the job done. It's the it's of the heart. And with the word, that's where revelation comes, because God will reveal it to our heart. So logos is the written word. Rhema is called the spoken word of God. I went to a Bible school called Rhema Bible Training Center. And it was and Rhema is a, is a Greek word means the spoken word. It's a word in due season. It's a word that said when you're sitting in the service, you're like, wow, that's what I needed. God is talking to me. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God wants to have that moment, that revelation moment with us each day that we get into the word of God. We need to get into the word of God. Now, let's look at a story here in Luke uh, 1, 
34 through 38. And this is a story about Mary. And uh, the uh, angel Gabriel is talking to Mary and, and, and relating to Mary the, the message from God, from God's throne room, amen, that she's going to, she's, you know, she's a virgin and she's going to have a baby, you know, and, uh, and uh, the baby's going to be called the Son of God and is going to deliver, uh, you know, the world from sin, amen. So, so, the, so uh, Gabriel tells her all this and then she says uh, in Luke 1, verse 34, how will this be? So she asks a question. And uh, and this is this is where revelation comes in, because when you're reading the word and you ask and God reveals truth to you, that's revelation. And so it says, how will this be? And Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin and the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the holy one to be born will be called the son of God. And then the angel says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth, uh, is in her, she's in her sixth month. For no word, Rama from God will ever, ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word, Rama, uh, to me, I, I'm adding Rama in there. That's not in the text. In other words, uh, you know. In other words, she had a now word. She had an understanding that the Holy that she wasn't going to get pregnant by some guy, that the Holy Spirit was going to overshadow her and God was going to impregnate her. And I really believe right here that she conceived when she said, may it be according to your word. That's powerful. May it be according to your word. We need You know, when we read a promise of God's word, we just need to say, may it be. According to your word in my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We need to say, may it be that that's faith. Uh, The centurion that came to Jesus and in uh, Matthew chapter eight, he came to Jesus and and uh, he had a sick servant at home. And and, uh, you know, he he said, will you heal my servant? And Jesus, yeah, I will come and heal him, which is amazing to me. That Jesus was that quick to come to heal his servant. And then the man says, you don't need to go see my servant. Uh, I have I have people under me. He was a centurion, which he had soldiers underneath him. And he said, I tell this one to go and he goes. And I say to this one, stay and he stays. I give orders and they follow it. You just you just give the order. You give the command. You just say the word. And I know my servant will be healed. And you know what, Jesus, he looked around, and he said, wow, see, see, this man had some. Re- he didn't just have mental assent. He didn't just say, well, I sure hope it's going to work. I sure hope the word's going to work. No, this man had an understanding of how the, the word of God works. It works on authority. Glory to God. It, and he knew that Jesus had something. He must have watched Jesus and he must have saw Jesus cast out some devils and he must have saw Jesus. You know, you know, he may have been in that crowd or may have observed Jesus multiplying the loaves and and the fishes. He, you know, he he he, he may he may even possibly seen Jesus walk on water. We don't know what this centurion knew about Jesus, but he knew that Jesus had something. You need to know that the word of God, there's something in the word that can change and transform your life. It has something for you. 
Glory to God. And this man said, no, all you have to do is speak the word. See, so he had an understanding of how authority worked. He knew Jesus has authority. There's authority in God's word. Amen. And and Jesus said, I haven't heard such great faith. I haven't seen such great faith in all Israel. And his disciples were standing right there. And then Jesus said, there's going to be people that's going to come to the table to dine with with uh, uh, Abraham and and Isaac and Jacob. They're going to they're going to dine. But the, the children of the kingdom will be cast out. Why? Because they didn't mix faith with the word. You've got to mix some faith with the word of God. Too many people are walking in traditions. They think just because they they joined a church, they're good. No, you better have Jesus in your heart. They believe that just because they went through some kind of ritual in church or they went through, you know, a a program that makes them saved. No, only Jesus can save you. And we don't want to be going with traditions of men, but we want to go with a pure word of God. You know, it was interesting when I was ministering to my cousins a couple of weeks when I was out of town. uh, They were really excited about me preaching. I mean, I was there preaching like I preach to you guys right now. I mean, I had a little church going on, except we didn't have any offering taken up. But anyway, uh, but anyway, I was preaching and one of the one of my cousins said, I don't believe that hell exists. She actually said that, you know, some people don't want to believe in hell. They say God's too God, too good. He has too much love and hell and there can't be a hell. And I said, well, uh, you know, I go with what Jesus says. And I said, you got to read, you got, you, have you read the gospels lately? Have you read that? Have you read what Jesus, Jesus talked about hell? I was telling her this. I said, Jesus, I said, I got to, I can't go with what my thoughts or what some man might say. I got to go with what Jesus says. If Jesus says there's a hell, then, then you can bet your bottom dollar there's a hell. He told the, the, the Pharisees, you think you're going to escape the judgment of God? You think you're going to escape hell? I mean, hell is real. That, some of us are here today because we don't want to go to hell. Amen. I don't want to go to hell, man. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I mean, some of you will, will just get up and go to church and, and you see your neighbor and they're waxing their boat. You know what I'm saying? But they might not, they, you know, if they don't have Jesus, they're not going to be waxing a boat in hell. It's just not going to, they're not going to be partying with their friends in hell. It's not just going to be one big party. No, it's not. No, heaven's going to be a big party. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. You know what? We're living this life for Jesus now because we're, there is a greater place Amen. called heaven. Yes. I was thinking about doing a sermon series on heaven. Amen. If there's a hell, there is a heaven. It's the exact opposite. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So I said, Jesus mentioned hell more than more than he mentioned heaven. And he said, actually, more people, you know, this is really kind of sad, but more people are going to end up in hell than in heaven. That's what Jesus said. Don't get mad at me. (laughs) Jesus actually said, broad is a road that leads to destruction. And many go that way. And a lot of them go that way because they don't want to believe in hell. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. I remember Brother Hagin. And uh, he was was 16. He was dying of an incurable blood disease. 
And God raised him up out of it. By faith, he got healed. Amen. From an incurable uh, blood disease and a, and a deformed heart. And the doctors only gave him to the, to the age of 17 to live. Amen. And so he was in bed and and he he actually died, you know, and, and he, he felt his spirit come out of his body. Amen. And then the, then he he actually wrote a book on it. And the title of the book is I went to hell. <laughs> Somebody, some people might believe just going back home is going. I won't go there, but um, <laughs> some of you believe that you might be living with the devil. No, they're not. Your spouse is not your problem. All right. But he man, I can't get anything out of you guys. And uh, and he said and he said in his book that he started dropping. He wasn't going up. And he said, but God, I was baptized in the church. And as he was falling, he was falling in a deep cavern and there was flames, flickers of flames. And he said, but God, I was confirmed in the church. I was water baptized in the church. And it was just an echo that came back. And he came all the way down and he said that he came to the gates of hell. And he said it was like drawing him in and he was trying to pull back. And then, you know, he heard a sound and then then he came back up into his body. Amen. This happened three times. He dropped down three times. But the third time he came up, his, his grandmother was praying for him. And you know what? He came up. Uh, I'm telling you, it's not over till it's over. Glory to God. I'm telling you, you could be on your deathbed. You could be dropping down and God's grace can still meet you. Thank God for the grace of God. He came up shouting, Jesus, you're my Lord. But I read in a, in a, you know, he wrote a lot of books and I read where he said that he thought that he was saved because he joined the church. And he was water baptized. And there was a preacher that came in that was talking about you got to get born again. And he said, I don't need that. So there was actually a preacher that taught about being born again and being saved. Are oh, you listening to me today? And he said, no, I've been confirmed. Amen. In the church. And I've been water baptized. Like I was talking to a friend of mine that's, um, uh, I guess she's Catholic. I don't think she, she may still be. She's Catholic. And I, and, I, and I was just talking to her about God. And she said, I'm good because I was water baptized as a baby. And that means I'm good. I'm going to heaven. I said, have you read what Jesus said? I don't care what Jesus said. Well, then if you don't care what Jesus says. You got to care. She didn't say it that way, but that was her attitude. I, you know, it doesn't matter. I know because that's what the church tells me. You better, you better read your Bible because the church might have it wrong. But your Bible will not have it. Are you listening to me today, saints? Your Bible will have it right. That's why you need to always check up on me. Make sure I'm preaching the word. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. Amen. So when I said that to her, you know, she wanted prayer from me, but she, my cousin, it was three of them, but she didn't get prayer from me that day. I don't know what happened. <laughs> she didn't, she, I was waiting to pray for her, but she just like, she just kind of walked away like, you know what I'm saying to you today? Why? Because truth, we should embrace truth and not shun truth. Are you listening to me today? We, we, especially when you're getting corrected, you know, you need to embrace. If it's a correction, embrace it. Don't shun correction. Glory to God. Are you listening to me or have you gone home? Glory to God. Amen. So, so we need to believe 
that God's word is true. Amen. So the, the question is that, the, 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 that what makes the Bible come alive again? Faith. And, and what makes faith relevant in our life is revelation of God's word. And so, so the, the next question is, how do you get revelation? I remember that I was in the Bible. And, you know, you can read scriptures over and over again. And just because you read the Bible, you may have read the same scripture or you may even hear the same scripture as I preach. You may have heard that over and over again. Doesn't mean you got an understanding of it. Doesn't mean that you just got it. No, no, you have to hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. You have to hear to get a revelation and revelation is the key. That's that's the reason why Jesus, uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples one day. And and I I mentioned this last week. Who do you say that men say that I am? And and some were saying this and some were saying that. And then he said and then Peter spoke up and said, you are the son of God. You are the Messiah. And of course, Jesus said, blessed, blessed are you, Simon Bojona, because flesh and blood, flesh and blood did not receive uh, reveal this to you. But my father, which is in heaven. See, see, God can reveal truth to you. And, and upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. You know, you know what that means? That means the rock of God's truth that Jesus is the son of God. That's what that was talking about. Amen. That Jesus is the Messiah. He is the son of the living God. Are you hearing me today? So so what brings revelation to us? What what brings revelation? Meditation. Meditation. Boy, it's quiet in here. Meditation. What is meditation? It's taking the word and, and, and looking at it and meditating on it until it becomes real to us. See, I don't like to read the Bible. Well, I like, well, let me, let me rephrase that. I like reading the Bible when God reveals something to me in it. But when I read the Bible and I don't have any revelation, I, 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 I want revelation. Let's put it that way. I want some. That's why I will read a, a passage. I may read Psalms and it might be my Psalm for a day and I'll read it once and I'll read it twice and I'll read it three times and I'll read it four times. I may read it five. I want to get something out of it. And then I'll read it and said, I don't remember reading that the last time I read it. And I just read it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? today? <laughs> you can read it. I, I didn't even see that in there right before that. Why? Because, you know, you, your minds have to grasp the realities of the word of God. And sometimes the enemy is trying to block our mind. Amen. I heard that about a man that that uh, uh, that was reading the scriptures and uh, and he was reading the scriptures about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he was reading about it in the book of Acts and he was reading it. And there was and, and God revealed to him there was a devil blocking some of, some of what he was trying to read. He was actually blocking it. He saw it in the spirit realm. Oh, you hear what? The devil's trying to block us. The devil's trying to keep the word from coming into us. The devil's a thief. He wants to steal the word from us. He doesn't want us listening. Jesus would say, listen, hear what the spirit is saying. Some of us need to clean out our ears. We're not listening. We're thinking about how much longer is he going to go? How much longer he's going to make that point? I watch preachers and sometimes they can milk a point for 20 minutes. Like, how do they do it? So what, what brings revelation? Sometimes you've got to milk the word. Amen. You've got to get everything you can out of the word of God. What, what brings revelation? 
meditation. If you meditate more, you medicate less. That's free. You can. We'll continue. Meditation. Meditation. Somebody say meditation. meditation. Now, meditation is not you getting on top of Mount Trashmore humming. <laughs> Trying to get <laughs> into the nirvana. You know, you know what nirvana is. You know, peace. You know, it's the eight-step pattern for peace. Nirvana. Right. That's that's that, but that's not Bible. That's that's Buddhism. Amen. Or somebody say Buddhism. But anyway, it's uh, we don't. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about getting on top of a mountain and humming to try to get one with the universe. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about meditation is a godly word. It's a godly word. And, and, and it's in Joshua and in Psalms one. And in Joshua in uh, Joshua was an untested leader. You know, he was called to, you know, he was a warrior. Moses was a diplomat, but uh, Joshua was a warrior and God was raising Joshua's up, Joshua up to bring the children of Israel into the promised land and to overtake the cities. But he wasn't really tested. So God gave him a formula for success. He gave him a, he, he, he taught him how to be, how many people want to be successful in here? Amen. And, and in Joshua 1, 8. Okay, I'm just seeing if it's back there. Joshua 1.8. Did I give that scripture reference yet? Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So he's saying to Joshua, and he's actually saying to us, we need to meditate on the word. I I like what it says, the New American Bible Revises Edition. Uh, It says it this way, a rendition. It says it this way. Do not let this book of the law depart from your lips. Recite it by day and night. Uh, Recite it by day and by night. That you may carefully observe all that is written in it. Then you will attain your goal. Then you will succeed. Think about that. So what is he saying? He's saying, do not notice it says it's not don't let the word of God depart from your eyes. He's saying, don't let the word of God depart from your lips. In other words, we need to start confessing some word over ourselves. We need to start confessing some word over our children. We need to start confessing some word over our spouse. We need to start confessing some word over our workplace. Are you listening to me? We need to start speaking something. Don't let the word of God come out of your mouth. Keep it in your mouth. In other words, speak the word. Speak it out of your mouth. You know, we read the Bible and a lot of times we can read the Bible and we're reading it and we're not even speak. Speak it out loud. Read your Bible out loud. Get a promise from God's word and to meditate on it is speaking it over and over until it becomes a reality in our lives. Are you listening to me today? So we need to speak. Look at your neighbor. Say, speak the word. Amen. In, in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, says it this way. It says here, this is Jesus. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. Then the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and stamped against that house and and it fell and great was its fall. What's he saying? 
he's saying, Jesus was saying here that the storms of life are just going to come to the unbelievers. He didn't say that. He said the storms of life are going to come to each one of us. We're all going to encounter some storms in our life. Because why? We live in, this is not heaven. We live in an imperfect world. This world is full of devils. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? This world is, the world system is opposed to the truth of God's word. It's, uh, it's constantly opposing God on every, on every front. It's opposing God's truth. The, 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 the political system opposes God's truth. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And the, the culture wants to oppose God. You know, what is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? What is it to have everybody pat you on the back and say what, how great you are and then end up in hell? I'd rather have Jesus pat me on the back and nobody pat me on the back down here and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter in to the joy of your Lord. Are you listening to me this morning? Are you getting excited today? Man, I got to close this down. I got a couple more points. Will you let me, how many people allow me to do a couple more points? I'm shutting it down. I'm going to shut it down. Amen. And so if we are founding our life on the word of God, we will be the wise man that builds his house on the rock. See, the enemy, the storm is designed to get the word of God out of you. The, the, the storm is designed to get you offended. That's the number one way. I believe that's the number one way God gets the word out of. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. The devil gets the word out of us is by offense. No, God wants to get the word in us. But the devil wants to get the word out of it by offense. That, that was the second soil in the parable of the seed and the sower. The second soil got offended and backslid and walked away from God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Offense will steal the word of God from us. So I want to share with you some keys, amen, that will move you forward in making this Bible come alive. We must accept God's word as absolutely absolute authority and truth. We have to accept this as absolute authority and truth. Truth is, see, the world will say that, that, that truth um, is based on how, how things look or it, it's subjective. Some, some people want, want truth to be, it's how they feel about it. But truth is not subjective. Tr- this is eternal truth. Amen. It's not, what do I mean by subjective? It's how you see it. Well, if you see it that way, that's your truth. And that person sees it. No, no, it's how the Bible says it. That's truth. Being subjective. You can, it, it's going by how you feel like that. Like my cousin said, I don't believe in hell. Well, she's basing that on her own thoughts. Maybe she heard some mixed up preacher say it. You know what I'm saying? But, but she's basing on, well, if God's love, then she was going, but she wasn't going with the truth. You got to go, you got to, you got to go with the truth. So we have to believe that, that God's word is absolute truth. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13, uh, this is uh, the Thessalonian church that, that Paul wrote to and that he raised up. And, and it says here, for this reason, we also, this is 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this reason, we also constantly thank God. And when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believed. So what is he saying? He was saying that when, when he ministered to the people of, of uh, 
of Thessalonians that they didn't just receive the word that was coming from Paul as just a word from a man. No, they were receiving it as God that was speaking through Paul. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In 2 Timothy, talking about the word, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, this amplified, and is prophesied. Profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage so that man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Did you get that? (laughs) Did you get that? So the scripture of God is God breathed. And you know what? It's not, you know, some, some preachers are preaching. All you have to have is just the New Testament. All you got, you don't need the Old Testament. You don't, you don't need, you know, some of that Old Testament, that was just for the Jews back then. And we got the New Testament. And, you know, you can go with the, uh, the letters written to the church. But, but the Old Testament is old, so we don't have to go with that. And some even are preaching that, well, Jesus was technically under the Old Covenant. So, um, so, so what he said technically doesn't, isn't true for us because we're new covenant. Does, it, does that word say the entire Bible? It, say, it says, all, does it say all scripture? What does that word all mean? What, what's the meaning of all? It means all. There's, it means all. All scripture. From Genesis to the book of Revelation. You don't throw out what Jesus said. I really believe it. I believe God's word. Do you believe it? Amen. Number two, we must assimilate God's word into our lives. And number two key to making it come alive, we must assimilate it. It says here in Romans 10, 17, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's basically meditation. That's back to when you hear it and hear it and hear it, you get revelation. So faith is produced by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so that, that enables us to receive what God's desires for us to receive in his word. In his word. Amen. Uh, one of the ways that we can do this. Uh, let's get practical. One of the ways we do this. We can listen to the word. And, and, and we can build up our faith by going to church regularly. Okay. Praise God. That was one key. Uh, I, got, I got a little amen. Uh, I'm telling you, as a believer, you need to make church a priority. Don't let the enemy get you not coming to church. I'm telling you, it, it, it can save your life. It can save you, your, 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 your family. The, you know, Jesus' custom was to be in the, in the synagogue every week. So we need to make it a custom. We want to go to church on a regular basis. Another way that, that we can uh, cause the truth of God's word is to listen to preaching on CDs. Amen. We give out CDs. When you miss, I'm going to get the word in you if I can. So I'm going to send you a CD. You say, Pastor, sing another CD, Mabel. Another one. We've got a stack of them we haven't listened to. <laughs> listen, if you get a CD you don't want to listen to it, give it to somebody that needs it. Say, my pastor's a great preacher. Lie. What have you got to do? But... No, get out a CD, pass out a CD. It might save somebody's life. We've, we've given thousands of CDs away free. We give approximately over a thousand CDs away every year. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? Why? Because I want the word in you. I don't want you to be deceived. So you're going to get a CD from me. 
But pastor, I told you I wasn't going to be there. You're going to get a CD from me. Amen. I want you to get the, I want to get the word in you any way I can. Listen to the word on TV. Amen. Listen to it on radio. I, sometimes I, I'm on the radio. If I'm, if it's, you know, I'll turn it to, to, to a word station so I can hear some preaching. I heard one preacher said, this man is one of the top preachers of the nation. And he says, just for fun, he watches 25 preachings a week. Just for fun. And I'm thinking, I'm backslidden. <laughs> man, I don't listen to no 25 messages a week. He says, just for fun, he listens to 25 different preachers a week. You guys want to have fun? <laughs> You say, say, where's the time, pastor? If I had the time, pastor, I would do it. I would listen to your CD if I make time. Amen. So anyway, we have to assimilate the word. We have to uh, we have to assimilate the word by exploring the Bible. That's the third key. So in other words, studying to show ourselves to prove. Amen. Uh, I I like this scripture. It says that you need to hide the word. And I'm, I'm closing. I'm on my last point. We need to hide the word in our heart. And, you know, if you hide the word in your heart, the psalmist says that it will keep you from sinning. You put that you put enough word in you. You put enough Bible in you. More Bible, less sin. And I'm going to say this. The Bible will keep you away from sin. But sin will keep you away from the Bible. Will keep you away from church. Will give you a spirit of condemnation. You don't want any sin in your life. Are you listening to me today, saints? And then the but fourth key is we need to uh, we need to apply God's to assimilate God's word. We need to apply its principles. And that's my last key. It's in James one twenty two. We need to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. James one twenty two twenty five. Not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So, so James saying, listen, listen, don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. And he said that if you just hear the word, but you don't apply the word and you don't do the word, then you become self-deceived. And if you're self-deceived, the devil doesn't have to work too hard on you. Because you're deceiving yourselves. In other words, you're hurting your own selves. In other words, you take this message and you get serious about the word of God and you get serious about spending time. I'm gonna, listen, you need to have a daily time of getting into the word every day. It can't be just a Sunday morning time that you get into the word. It has to be an everyday thing. Jesus said, give me this day my daily bread. And you're going to have to get into this every day. Now, now, let me change my terminology here. It's not you don't have to. You get to. You need to get into You get to get into the word. Do you know how many people in this world pray that they could have a Bible? Do you know there are people in these third world countries, in these communistic countries, they, they, would, they would give their left arm just for a page of this. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And, and we have so many Bibles. We, have some, we give Bibles away free here. If you don't have one, we'll give you one free. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, we need to put more uh, of an emphasis, emphasis, uh, I can't even say it, emphasis, on the Word of God. Amen. 
We need to get a word of God. You know, get, get a Bible. The electronics are good, but get a Bible where you can read it and you can mark in it and you can make notes and you can underline it. Glory to God. Yes. Hallelujah. And, and, and allow that Bible to become your best friend. Glory to God. Did you get something from this today? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning. And we just thank you, Father God, that you're moving by your spirit. I thank you, Father God, for these precious people this morning. And I thank you that they're word people, Father God. And that, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for those that are watching online. And maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching online and you, you, the, the Bible is not coming alive to you because you just don't have, uh, you haven't been reading it. Or maybe you don't have Jesus. You have to have Jesus for the Bible to come alive. That's the first key. You must receive Jesus as your personal Savior for, for, for you to unlock the code of the Bible. And so if you've never received Jesus and you're ready to do that today, maybe online, just say this after me and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross. For my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I turn, to, uh, turn away from sin and I turn to you fully. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.